You're listening to E-Commerce Marketing School presented by Privy. And a big thank you to our co-sponsors of the show, Suna and Hashtag Paid. You know what the biggest problem is with influencer marketing? Finding creators. You gotta search and scroll through thousands of them before you find them that makes sense. Not anymore. Hashtag Paid is the first matchmaking tool for brands and creators. All you gotta do is build your campaign and Hashtag Paid is gonna pair you with 10 creators who show interest in your brand. They'll even send you mini pitches to help you pick your final roster. From there, you just hit the launch button. See which content creators are waiting to connect with you. Sign up at the link in the show notes. Hey everyone, welcome back. I've got an awesome guest here today, Matt Bertulli, CEO of Pila. And uh, I was thinking I've been in the business for about 10 years, which is crazy for me to say out loud. There's certain operators that I just kind of feel like I've known forever, even though I've never met. And Matt's one of them. So I'm super excited to have him here with us. He's one of these quietly executing like hell type of operators, which I just have so much respect for. I was listening to Moise Ali and Nick Sharma's new podcast, Limited Supply. It's great. I don't know if you've listened to that, Matt, but Nick was Uh, talking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was talking about the Pila business, only good things. Yeah. And I was just blown away at the numbers. So I reached out and I wanted to hear the story and what you got going on now. So it's awesome having you. Yeah. Thanks, man. I was just texting with Nick like an hour ago. I'm having him uh, design out a fresh LP for Lomi. Awesome. Let's just like an outside, not like we're so stuck in the weeds all the time that I like to like, I like to get people outside of the business to, take fresh looks at things and like landing page is such a big lever that we haven't yeah i haven't changed the day i we like we test stuff but like we haven't done like a real like design variation test yeah so i got nick's kind of helping me redesign our landing page for lomi that's great that's great i totally get it too it's like everyone's like oh yeah you just gotta test stuff you gotta test stuff and then you're like dude i'm so fucking busy i'm i say the same thing every time i talk about this like it's nice to get some fresh perspective. Yeah, I like to run big tests too. I hate testing little things. Like, it's just a, even at our size, like I still think big tests make for, like you're going to figure out, you're going to get more momentum from larger tests. Like change the whole damn layout. Don't just change like cop, like one line of copy and a button color. You know, like, yeah, yeah. You know, don't, like, like, like make it a meaningful stuff. test. Yeah, like, you know, 1% optimizations don't really take you too far. Yeah. Yeah, I could get to do hundred right. of them or I could get like three or four tests that give me 10 to 30% lift. I'll yeah. take those. Hey, yeah. I, I they're like more expensive that. to run, but they're better. Yeah. So let's start at the top though. So mm-hmm. you, let's do you personally, and then let's get into Pila. So you had your own business. You've been in e-commerce for Oh man, while. 15 years. It's wow. been a while. Yeah, it's been yeah, a minute. So what was the business that you were doing before? Yeah, so I owned a services business called DMAC Media we were like super early in the, I don't even know what you call them, but like back then we were called SIs, so like system integrators, right? So That's we very did, Magento. Right, that was like the early days. So I was really early to Magento. My, like I was actually like, I was at NetSuite pre-IPO. When we went public, I had left to go start my own shop. And then that was like sort of when Magento was getting going, like really early days. And then kind of like took that business, bootstrapped it up. It was mostly like design UX development, lots of like actual integration work back then, like having moving, like moving data around. Yeah. And then kind of we bootstrapped that. I ran that for about a decade. 
So we bootstrapped wow. it up to about 120 people, you know, in those early years, got to know Harley and Toby and the Shopify team, like think pre plus. Wow. When they came out with Shopify plus, we built one of the first Shopify plus stores. We were super early in that ecosystem. So we sold that company. It's actually called Bounteous now. So it's like a much bigger digital experience agency. I think it's like four or five, 500 people, 600 people. Like it's big. Nice. That's cool. A lot of enterprise stuff. Like we, when I was like just finishing the sale of the business, we were just launching like Staples Canada on Shopify plus with like some fun headless shit that we were building. Yeah. I've just done a lot. Like we ran like government commerce, like parking tickets wow. and passes <laughs> and dude, like just ton I've sold everything online, like everything that you can think of. I've sold it. <laughs> so how do you go though, from like enterprise software and services for commerce to being CEO of probably, I mean, I don't yeah, know the numbers, right. one of the fastest growing, you know, brands yeah. out there. Yeah, we've definitely grown pretty quickly. Like, you know, we're on track to have our first like nine bigger year, right? As a group. It's insane. And which is cool. Like now that's like largely off the back of one big product launch that's done really well. And, you know, we're, and we're also not just EDC, like we sell multi-channel or starting to at least. No, I mean like the short story is I invested in, I was the first outside angel check in Pila five and a half years ago. Wow. So like pre-revenue, I met Jeremy, the founder at an event and I just got to know him. I really liked the tech. So like we started out as Pila case. So we made like the world's first backyard compostable phone case. Jeremy just developed a super cool material. It was made from like corn and flax shive. And I love the material and I I'm a like pretty avid outdoorsman, like a mountain bike, a ski, I do everything outside. I love outside. So it's just sort of like personally value aligned, right? Yeah. Um, I started digging around in like plastic waste, then it, which like led me to like overall waste, how big of an industry it is, how like unsexy it is. It's under innovated. It's like a two and a half trillion dollar waste management industry globally and like it's mostly controlled by these big companies so i got interested in it i started i wrote the check helped commercialize the first product we launched that it went really well while we were building peel a case we uncovered sort of like the thing that created Lomi was this lack of infrastructure in the world for compostables and organics like it's kind of yeah, dude you know what inspired the whole thing oddly enough was tesla Wow. Like the whole idea was if Tesla can put a gas station in your garage, right? Oh, like why wow. can't we do the same thing for waste? Why can't we solve waste in a different way and make it less reliant on like central big infrastructure, you know, like trucks, landfills, massive recycling facilities, all the stuff that we know as this is normal. It's not yeah. super efficient. You know, like waste, their biggest innovation in waste management, dig a bigger hole. Like that's, that's, the, that's the innovation. Apparently, I remember you, you were tweeting about how recycling is a big lie, right? It's a complete horseshit. Like the entire plastic recycling industry was created by the oil industry because I think it was in the 90s, 80s or 90s, people started to like get sort of disgusted by how much litter there was. Yeah. So if you're old enough, you remember this, right? Like. You know, we had all this like single use packaging and plastic come out, 70s, 80s, 90s, and people would just throw it anywhere, right? There's actually a like wonderful scene in the TV series Mad Men where Don Draper just like hucks his shit out of his car window. 
You know, like that, that was like, that was life, right? It's like, they were at the park. He just like emptied the crap on the ground. And so what happened was like the, and there's a really good piece on this. It was covered widely by like the Associated Press where the oil industry created the concept of recycling to make people feel better about all of the shit they would consume. So it's like the concept of a blue box was the oil industry saying, we don't want to stop this good thing which is people buy a lot more product if it's disposable. So like, let's give them a way to feel good about how they're throwing out all of this plastic. And then the reality is that in 30 plus years of recycling, we recycle less than 10% of all plastic. It's a fucking joke. Wow. You know, paper is great. Like 70% recycle rate. Awesome. Uh, Glass is pretty good. Hell, steel can be good. It's probably not. But like, Plastic is a lie. It's a flat out lie. Is it just because it takes so much energy to like repurpose it? Dude, there's so it's so complex too. Like this is the challenge. Like, you know, like the best example of like the worst thing ever is the Pringles can. Right? So like Pringles can is it looks like it's really good, but the lid is plastic. Right. You got steel in it and then you have paper tube. That can't be recycled. That's three materials, yeah. three different paths. So oh, you got to think like Every little wrapper, all kinds of these like soft plastics that are like most packaging in a grocery store, none of that can be recycled, not easily. Like, and the industry has lately been pushing this idea of chemical recycling. Well, we'll break it down chemically and rebuild it chemically. That's not even scalable. That's also a lie. You know, 99% of recycling is mechanical. So if it's not a clean, you know, take a PET water bottle and turn it into something else. It can't be done. Yeah. So like That's broadly, it's not a silver bullet, but like broadly, we have to move from single use plastic to some part of it is like reusable. Some part of it is we need better materials. Right. Crazy. And I'm focused on the, we need better materials and better, like different solutions. So I think that's a great segue. So basically you write the check to Jeremy for Pila. Yep. You help him. You see that there's some traction around his Pila case. I do want to talk about this. And you you guys just get really close. And he's like, hey, why don't you just come be the CEO here? Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And then we brought in a third partner, Brad, who was also invested in the company about a year and a half after I did. His background is like large scale manufacturing retail, right? Like he, he knew pieces that we didn't. And we needed that. Like, we need to know how to like make things efficiently. Cause you gotta think yeah. like, dude, I, we are vertical. Like we actually make every peel of case right here in British Columbia. Wow. Like we have our own factory, our own machines, our own tools. Like we do it all. Like we injection mold, we do everything on demand. It's crazy. We like upcycle our own products. We grind them down, make new product out of it. Like we're, that business is like, is very unique. So yeah, tell us about it because that was the first business. So it's yeah. it's cases for phones and iPads and yeah, phone cases, watch straps, AirPod cases. Like it's all we have a handful of materials that we make consumables out of, like consumer goods out of. You know, we're expanding that now. Like we're starting to do licensed brand partnerships with other companies. Oh, nice! There's one Good. next month. I can't tell you what it is yet, but you'll you'll notice it when we see it. Yeah. So that that business, you know, it's a good business. Like. It's a really good business. We like it. It's profitable. Like it works. And then out of that, about three years ago, we started working on Lomi, like R and D for it. 
And then we launched Lomi last April. So like 15 months ago, like end of April. So May, June, July. Yeah. So about 15 months ago. So we like, we made it public, did a crowdfund campaign. You know, it blew up. Like we sold a hundred thousand of the damn things in a month, in like 14 months, 15 months. Wow. You know, and, and the idea behind work. Lomi was what you were getting at originally, which is like, hey, if Tesla can do yeah. it in the garage, you could take scraps from, you know, your dinner plate and turn it's that into food waste. It's yeah. a massive problem. It's like one of the easiest things that people can do to like to help, right? So number one, food waste makes your kitchen stink. So like that's a today problem for most people. It's, it's like it's a gross part of your life. Like it's the reason that your garbage smells. It's, yeah. it's, it's your, you know, most of North America doesn't have good food waste pickup. Like at best, if you're in a city that has it, it's like at best once a week. Right. So you got to hang on to rotting food for a week in your kitchen or in your garage. And then you put it out and somebody comes and picks it up. Yeah. As if like the raccoons or bugs and shit don't get it first. So it's like a, a pretty, like, this is a gross thing in your life. But then the nice, like the thing that people love about it, like what makes it work is it's like, it's the easiest thing that any individual can do from a, like a personal climate impact perspective is if you can wow. keep your food from going to landfill, that means less methane, less methane. It's like one of the most potent greenhouse gases. It's 25 times worse than CO2. Less methane, you're freaking winning. That's a great win for the world. Wow. You know, so Lomi just takes food waste and turns it into dirt. Throw the dirt in your lawn, put it in your garden, put it in your house plants. Like, it's just dirt. And it's a device that, is it, is it sitting on customer's counter? Kitchen counter. Like, where is it? Yeah. 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 People keep it in the kitchen. They'll put it in a laundry room, pantry, you know, like, it's effectively like, it's a daily driver. So you just put your food waste, whether it's choppings or plate scrapings, throw it in there, start it when you go to bed, like the dishwasher, and then let amazing. it do its work, right? You know, overnight you'll have... It'll reduce like 80%. It'll reduce your vault weight and volume by 80%. So you'll come out with like, you fill a gallon bucket, it'll you know knock it down to this teeny tiny little amount of dirt. It sounds too good to be true. And I'm like totally sold. I'm, I'm excited to check it out because my wife was has been trying to get us into composting. We've failed it's twice the easiest now. Way. Yeah, it's yeah. like this is a lot of people who've tried. Yeah, do you like composting? Man, I've tried. Like it's, it takes work, takes space, yeah. takes time. I live in Canada, which means like four to six months a year. I actually, I have winter. You can't really compost in the winter. Yeah. Not outside. I can't have chickens in my backyard. Like yeah, I would get kicked out of the neighborhood. So yeah, like it's a really easy way to start and you feel freaking, people feel good. Like it just makes you feel good about what you're doing with your food waste. That's Lomi. I love it. So Let's talk about Lomi because I think that's one of the brands that's really driven. Yeah. Not that Pila hasn't been successful prior, but yeah, but Lomi's like, like the growth. The growth, the growth yeah. engine right now is Lomi. Yeah. So you said 18 months ago you, you did a Kickstarter, you sold a hundred thousand of those. Yeah, in about 14 months. Yeah. How did you do that? Is that because you're leveraging like the lists that you've built? So we thought so, man. Like We've done, I mean, about, put it this way, like of that 100,000 customers, I think under 10% were Pila Case customers, right? It's, a, I mean, wow. it's, which once you learn a little bit about both businesses, that makes sense. Like Pila Case yeah. is a, our customer in that business is like a 22-year-old female. Like the business was designed around young female, 
right? Yeah. The designs, the messaging, everything was built for that one audience. Lomi is like the average age of our customers actually in their 40s. You know, they have kids. This is very much a like, they produce a lot of waste. So they cook at home, they're kitchen garden enthusiasts. Like the young children, like it gets, this is a nice way to get young children involved. Nice. So we actually like, we, the thing that blew Lomi up, we produced a launch video and it's like a two and a half minute video. And I think that a big part of the success for Lomi was that we knocked it out of the park with that, out of the park with that video. Like the opening line to that video was, what if you could change the world at the push of a button, right? Nice, good hook. Good, compelling open. And it was a two and a half minute video. And we ran that on YouTube, primarily on YouTube. Dude, hundred million people saw that video. Like, wow. you know, 10 million people watched all of it. So it just like Amazing. the product got to a like brand awareness very, very quickly because nobody had ever seen anything like it before. So like, I like to give this part of the story because I think a lot of the times when we're looking, we're listening to stories like this, you're looking for like, what's repeatable? What can I take? Like, what do I learn? You know, some part of this is just like right product, right place, right time. And we're decent marketers. We just produced, we hit it out of the park. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know that I could do that again. Right. So I I don't know what it is about today. It's a Monday. And just before this, I got off with Sean Frank from Ridge Wallets. Oh, dude, Sean, I was talking to him earlier too. Yeah. And I like, I think the one thing that that you're missing is that this is highly differentiated, right? Oh my God. Like so different, right? Yeah. You don't go like just nobody Googling for this. Right, right. And so like, <laughs> I'm curious, because you, you mentioned it, but I, I missed it. Like, how long was R&D before that Kickstarter? Two years, minimum, two and a half, yeah. probably two and a half. Like, we were, put it this way, like, we were millions into it before we launched it. So you think, like, not everybody's willing to do that. Yeah. And not, not like, everyone knows how to develop a product like that, you know? No, and I, I have, like, you know, my business partner, Brad, like his last company was toy manufacturing, like big scale. And then my chief product officer, Connor, same thing. Like the guy ran a PNL, like a product PL at Spin Master Toys and made like everything from drones to squishy toys. Like wow. these guys know how to make stuff and do it quickly, cost efficiently. Like we just had the right people, right? Like yeah. now we went out and got the right people. Yeah. We knew that. But like right people, we've got investors. So like we were capitalized enough to get it done, right? Like we're not an overcapitalized business. Like we haven't raised a ton of money, way less than we actually do in revenue. So yeah, just like the right ingredients, right? Like, and then we set out to do it. I mean, I think that's the other thing. It's like, we had a vision for what this thing could be. Mm -hmm. We even have a vision for what the future should look like. Like we have a very big vision for what the future should look like. This is just like one product in this roadmap. You know, like we've got five, five years of additional product roadmap in the Lomi stream of things that wow. I'm currently working on. Like I'm approving like packaging design right now, two years out. For Lomi? For like oh. Lomi, iterations of Lomi. Like wow. future versions of this product, different sizes, different functionality, expanded features and functionality, like the digital platform part of this, that's got, that's coming. Oh, interesting. Like there's, there's a lot, wow. right? It's not a like, I make it once and then I'm done, I'm gonna go home. Do you consider yourself a D2C business? No. I mean, you're multi-channel, but like, yeah. So where no. are you selling right now? 
We sell on our site. Uh, we launched Amazon Marketplace like six weeks ago. We sell in Best Buy for their buy online, pick up and store program. We're launching, I can't tell you who, but like, put it yeah. this way, we'll probably be in about a thousand doors by October. Nice. I imagine. Um, like big ones. Yeah. Like linens and things and stuff like this is the perfect accessory for anyone that's selling kitchen accessories. Yeah. Like if you're, yeah, this is a kitchen appliance. Appliance. Yeah. Yeah. Like anything in the kitchen, you know, we're launching D2C in like the UK, EU next, sort of in the next three, four weeks. Wow. Yeah. So it's still D2C heavy, yeah. but like by this time next year, the majority of the growth is all retail. That's amazing. We're launching a commercial appliance, like so a, a restaurant, Lomi. Oh, smart. Like we're, well, I mean, we've, it's public. Like you can go to our site and see it, but you know, we're not just D2C either. Like we're thinking bigger. So it's like B2B. office yeah. restaurants. Like yeah. where is there waste and can we help? Yeah, I love yeah. it. I mean, I knew this story was amazing, but it's awesome to hear it. Do you think that all these other channels, like the retail channels opened up for you? as a result of that Kickstarter campaign in the video? Not the Kickstarter. It was like the, so the answer is yes and no, right? The trick when you do a big launch, like a crowdfund, and it, and it works, like it worked for us. The real trick is, can you keep the momentum going after, right? Right. Because what buyers look for is like, they want things that, that are like, that are building, that are like, and they want new categories. Like when I talk to a buyer at any major retailer right now, what they all want is their next air fryer. It's like they want the thing that can be in 50% of homes in five years. Right. Where the demand is already proven, so to speak. Just show like the key thing is like show that you're creating demand and that it's like it's not cannibalizing something they already have. Right. So a lot of it is is that it's that we created a new category demand, brand new category. So they, they're not we're not cannibalizing something they already have. You know, we're bringing a kind of a new customer and a new category to their stores. That's what works. For us, at least. Amazing. So it was Indiegogo, right? Where you did it? We did Indiegogo. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was, it looked like you raised $7 million from 20,000 people. Presumably those 20,000 were just pre-ordering the product, yep. right? Pre-ordering the product. So going from 20,000 to 100,000, that's 5X yep. in a very short period of time. Yes. Are you doing traditional marketing channels like email and sms like what are you doing because that's a insane. little bit like i mean we're i would say like we're not even it's funny i, I was joking with sean and a bunch of other guys were saying this like we're still not doing like what i would call great like, we're not great marketing yet yeah you know like we're catching up to the business you know i think it's starting like what we were was we had a good brand awareness play where like we could run this video as an ad wide on YouTube and we built the audience up, you know, where we're not great. Like, I mean, we're, we're getting better. I shouldn't say we're not great. We're good. It's all the others. It's like the block and tackle marketing. It's email, it's SMS. It's like Amazon marketplace. Like we got that listing up like a week before Amazon prime day, we were an FBA and we had no reviews. So yeah. like I showed up drunk and I was missing a leg, you know? So great. <laughs> like there's like basic stuff, you know, like we've, yeah. We've not done any kind of like landing page optimization. We're like, we're, wow. we are under like systems and infrastructure. That's yeah. also kind of what makes this whole thing. Like I'm very bullish on it because I know what we should be doing. 
Right. And it's just a matter of executing on it now. Yeah. I mean, those things are going to drive incremental growth, which is going to fuel the next couple of years, but so are new product development. So totally. is price testing, you know, retail distribution, Amazon. I mean, that's, yeah, wow, man. that's like, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, there's still so much to do. Like, amazing. it really is kind of sad. Like we're not doing nearly as much as we should. And I would say it's not even like a bread thing. We just need to go much deeper into these like core few activities that like we're good at. I mean, now the thing that we are really good at is we are good at creative. Like we know how to write scripts. We shoot everything ourselves in house. We edit in house. Like, so we can iterate on video creative very, very quickly. And that video for the, that launched the whole brand was done in house. A hundred percent. Every video we've done barring like a few, we have like one outside shop that helps us locally. Everything we do in house. I think I've got like four people on that video team, including wow. an animator. So like we can produce our own Pixar yeah. movie if I wanted to. Wow. That's such yeah. a common thread between the Dude, brands it's, that it's are doing huge. well. Yeah. 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 I think like and and I would say this, like even that, like we're good. We need outside help. Like we have yeah. to actually increase the volume that we put out as a brand if we want to scale. For sure. Amazing. Well, I mean, I don't want to keep you. This has been incredible. I think it's crazy to see what can happen when you take the time to build a differentiated product. Oh, yeah. That has a strong mission that also solves pain and is entering a really massive, important market. So congrats. Category creation, man. Category yeah. creation is hard. And I think more, I, I would love to see more entrepreneurs like pursue category creation instead of like, like I would call it like basic differentiation, like build something totally different that the world's never seen before. I think that's the way that big companies are built. Assuming that's what you want to do. Like, again, just like, it's what's the goal, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love it. And there's a lot of change in this industry right now. And so I think like totally the keys from brands I talk to that are driving success, creative is one of them, story mm -hmm. and a pursuit of something much larger than financial outcome yes. is a common thread yeah. as well that I've seen. So yeah, man, build a movement. Yep. Awesome. Well, Matt, cool. this was great. A lot of good nuggets in here. Appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, for sure, man. It's been fun.